the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 19 of Planted with Sarah Pion. I'm Sarah Pion, your host. And today we have Nathan Casolino of Rose LA and three-star Michelin chef Dominique Crenn of Atelier Crenn in San Francisco. Welcome. Welcome. Thank you so much for being on today. Um, we are going to be talking about some exciting news with Rose LA and also talking about uh, the intersection of food and cannabis and just how much things have changed. Um, when I first started working in cannabis almost 10 years ago, it was very basic. Our edibles did not taste good. <laughs> it was more something that you had to choke down to get a certain effect, but we have had so many strides with cannabis and edibles and Nathan and Dominique are a huge part of that. So thank you for being here today, both of you. Thank, thank you, you for having us. Yeah. Hello. Bonjour. <laughs> <laughs> um, Nathan, starting with you, how did you get into cannabis? Um, I got into cannabis as a 19-year-old working up on farms in uh, Mendocino County, Laytonville, and Willits. It was a summer job. Um, and... Uh, and it was just a, a, a supplemental income to a creative acting and writing career um, that paused in my late 20s when I was diagnosed with cancer and then ultimately, which uh, initiated my return to cannabis. May I ask what kind of cancer you had? Uh, I had colon. Ah, that's me too. Me too. I was stage three. Yeah, same. Yeah. Um, what made you decide to come back into cannabis? Um, I wasn't uh, auditioning. I wasn't, uh, you know, um, I was always doing on-camera stuff um, and then writing, but it's hard to be inspired and, and want to create and make jokes when your your life is spent at hospitals and going from appointment to appointment. Um, yeah, it's really hard to just, like, ma maintain, uh, maintain those creative impulses during a time like that. And so... Um, really just to make ends meet and support a, a one-year-old and family at that time. Um, I was growing a six-light room in the Richmond district in San Francisco, which was, um, you know, which was a thing at that time uh, about 15 years ago. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, well, I know that the cancer experience changes a lot of things. Um, I know for myself personally, going through it at age 37, when I was done, I wanted to do my life in a whole different way. Things just did not resonate the same. Um, I actually, I was a theater stage manager for many years, and then I worked in civil rights as well. And when I was done, I decided to go back to school. And cannabis is something that during my treatment really helped create relief. But at the same time, um, I found it to be a creative outlet, a different sort of creative outlet uh, once I was done with my journey with cannabis, well, with cancer, and actually, you never quite finish, right? It's it's something that's ongoing. It's I work with uh, cancer patients now, and that was a huge part of my healing. Um, and I always feel like when people ask me when they're going through it, they're like, "Does it ever, does it ever stop worrying you?" And one of the things that I've noticed is that even though I live, I'm very present because you have to be. It's something that always kind of sits on your shoulder. Dominique, would you, being a cancer survivor yourself, and, and I guess there are a couple of questions that I'd like to ask you. One, where did your interest in cannabis start? And then also, how did, how did your cancer experience affect your relationship with cannabis as well? 
Well, um, well, first of all, uh, congratulations for being cancer survivor, all of you guys. <laughs> um, well, so I, um, cannabis is, is you know, um, um, natural medicine and all that always interested me for a long time. Um, I was not a smoker. I've, um, um, I mean, I, I, I got... Um, I kind of like uh, at time to smoke um, some um, marijuana, but I was never, it was never into my life. And then um, when I was diagnosed with cancer, um, obviously I looked at that aspect of, um, of, of healing, um, but I was so, um, um, I, I didn't have a lot, I didn't have a lot of information about it because the, can the cancer that I had was, uh, had breast cancer, but that was um, at, um, the rare one, which is the triple negative. Oh. And it was not a lot of research about it. And I was stage two at the time. And um, instead of going to kind of like uh, that type of medicine, which is kind of natural medicine, healing medicine, I, I kind of pivoted to kind of like uh, Western medicine, which I didn't, um, I had no choice really. But I met um, Nathan through that time, and um, he dropped some um, some of his product, and I was very, you know, at first I was like, oh, okay, but I was very taken by it because I I, I um, started to do some research and I um, really um, uh, appreciated uh, the work and the detail that went into his product, and um, then. Um, then I got hooked up with him. It's like, like it's his product. And it's like, the rest is his story, you know? That was, um, that was the beginning? Kind of taking okay. for me, yeah. Because I was always like, you know, I mean, I was always into that type of medicine before, but I've never really uh, approached it that way. And, um, you know, during the cancer was something that, um, you know, like when we, you have cancer, you're kind of scared about um things that you do and because you don't have a lot of information but also I knew also in my heart that um, uh, you know CBT CBD and marijuana and all that as you know it's something that is it's been around forever since the beginning of time you know and and um, I think um, I would say I never told you that but I think is you know Nathan was a big influence of really me to go full force on it. So thank you. That's awesome. Yeah, that is awesome. It's it's um it's wonderful to be able to have an introduction in that way. Um I I I too went through traditional therapies. I had a, a resectioning and then I, I did full Fox five, which my mother's actually a cancer researcher that did the clinical trials on the chemo that I ended up taking later, which you'd think would be reassuring, but it was terrifying because she knew all the awful side effects that they don't tell you about, like possibly going blind and things like that. Um, but I wish I would have known a lot more about what to do with cannabis when I went through my journey because we didn't have a lot of conversations about it at that time. You could get a recommendation from a doctor, but when you went to a dispensary, they were just kind of like, I don't know, you know, try something. And... You know, things can happen. It's not like it's dangerous, but you can get quite uncomfortable. And when you're already uncomfortable going through treatment, um, that's you, you need a little bit of direction and help, I think, if you're not familiar right. with it. 
you know. Well, I feel, I feel that the Western medicine has, for many years, has suppressed, you know, um, uh, the, 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 this this other side, you know. I mean, I think Nathan and I were talking about what was it? It's like when did the, when uh, it was like in the forties, I think, when they passed a law or something like that. It's just like this. So I think the the Western medicine and maybe uh, political, you know, whatever. So the the the, um, the power of this this natural medicine, and they didn't feel that maybe it was good for. For, I don't know for their money or whatever, so they have oh, yeah. they have to suppress it, you know. So um, I think this is great what's happening right now. Um, I think any anyone should have should be able to have access to those natural medicine. You know, it's been you know it's been proven that century and century of using it, it's really good for for a human body. You know, before the Western medicine, how people were taking care of themselves. And we have to understand that we are, you know, as human, we are energy, you know, we have to um, understand that. And the healing, you know, food is medicine, but also those healing plan is incredible. And I think if we can balance it, you know, with Western medicine, I think that will go a long way. And I think a lot of people will be uh, better, faster than, than it, there is now. Because, you know, when you take, you know, you went with the, you know, the Western treatment is, I mean, my body is still very much, I, I need to, I need to still clean my body, you know, I, still, I can feel the, the effect of those, those terrible chemo in my, in my body. So um, it's, um, um, you know, I think if we can legalize this, you know, across the board, I think it would be a different narrative and, 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 I think it's good, you know, and but we have to be careful also, I think, to we don't want um, everybody to get into that business. Right, Nathan, because some people don't understand it. They just want to make money, you know, that, that's most everyone. Yeah. But it's um, what's interesting is uh, working with Dominique has proven to be a vehicle um, to get the word out more nationally and internationally. And by, by way of Dominique inviting some of her chefs, friends from around the world. Um, the whole the whole reason behind that was just to spread awareness and start a conversation. And um, we had the idea to do the first flower rosin um, CBD version of Rose Delights. So we we extract the rosin from full flower the same way that we do uh, our THC dominant flowers. And um, you know, for instance, right now we we have 70 pounds of Sonoma Hill Farms flour. It's the um, gardener from the French Laundry. He grew some hemp. Oh, wonderful! And, yeah, and um, he was he was previously the gardener at the French Laundry, and now he's working for Sonoma Hill Farms. Um, but what's amazing is we're selling um, every day to like every type of person all across the country. And um, it's funny because it's my cell phone on the customer service line. So, <laughs> I'm getting calls from, you know, like 45, 50, 60 year old people in Florida, Massachusetts, all over who are curious about hemp CBD. Um, hemp CBD is cannabis. The only the only uh, differentiator is the regulatory terms. You know, uh, hemp is regulated in uh, or, or in, uh, sorry, is federally regulated and THC cannabis is regulated territory by territory. Um, but when you look at the uh, the panels, when you get lab results from this hemp-derived CBD flower rosin and cannabis-derived CBD flower rosin, it, it 
possesses all the same cannabinoids. It just has heightened CBD and um, lower levels of THC. But it's great that we're able, um, uh, to working with Dominique, working with all these other chefs, to spread awareness and then get a cannabis in the hands of everybody in every state right now. Um, you know, each delight contains about uh, like a quarter to a half milligram of THC. But depending on metabolisms, that's that's relevant to to some people. And so it's an it's an introduction to cannabis. Um, it's kind of like stripping away uh, all of all of the stigma, um, especially when you have uh, when you have a chef like Dominique involved. It's like, hey, if, if Dominique is curious about this plant and formulating recipes with it, um, it, it strips away some of the fear and it's uh, it takes down the barrier to entry. Yeah, conversation is definitely normalization. And one of the things that I really enjoy about your product is the fact that it is full spectrum, that you have a, the entourage effect of all of the cannabinoids, which we know is the most useful for, for our bodies. And it's really nice to know that you're able to be distributed throughout the world because you do have the CBD product because there are a lot of CBD products out there like going back to what Dominique was talking about about good players in the movement we have people that are doing you know the multi-level pyramid sales you know the MLMs and all those things the multi-level marketing where the CBD products sometimes don't have CBD in them at all or it's not the amount that they're saying it is and being that cannabis is a bioaccumulator and we don't have any regulation around where the CBD, where the where the hemp products are grown and what's used to grow them. There can be a lot of things in there that are actually bad for you. So one of the most important things when you're looking at a high CBD product is really looking at your producer and seeing, you yep. know, do they have certificates of analysis right. and things like that. And so it's it's nice to see I have I have clients throughout the United States that I consult with. Um, a, a lot of doctors and critically ill, and when they're in states that CB, CBD is the only thing available, it can be really tricky to identify solid medicine for them. Right. You know, it's it's interesting because it it remind me of, you know, when when the trend of like the word of organic and everybody was like putting organic on their product and all of that, and it's it's it's. It's 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 very important for people to understand uh, the product and to have information, and um, it's it's scary because I think we live in a world where you know you you see the headline and people say okay great I'm I'm going to buy this but you have to do your research and and everything has to do this and so everybody has to do this and so when I um, got to meet Nathan, I did my research and I was blown away and I love it because it really, um, um, uh, really resonated with, with, with me because it's the same thing that we do at Atelier, you know, or, or any of my restaurant, the way that we cook, it's cook with purpose, the way that we grow food, you know, in Sonoma, the biodynamic and organic, it's with purpose purpose and we understand all the layer and everything that's going into it so it's really detailed and and i hope that people can take their, their time and 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 understand and get the knowledge on when when they buy a product they need to know you know where the product comes from how the product is made and and you know there is some drink out there um i remember the i'm not going to say the, the company but suddenly they advertise that they're they're their drink was 
was made with CBD and everybody was buying it. And at the end of the day, it was not true, you know. So we have to understand that, you know. And, you know, what I love also about this product is when you take it is is it's very it's 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 very kind of um, hold on one second. Uh, Are you there? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I can still hear you. All right. Um, it's it's uh, it doesn't give you a high. It's just like it's very like it, 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 there is a consistency that it's amazing and it lasts for a long time. But you don't feel like high and low and high and low. It's very cool, you know. And and I'm not you know trying. I mean yes, I'm 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 a good friend. I'm a really great friend of this product. And but it's not just it's just done properly, you know. And, I, I agree. And, I think, uh, I think uh, there's been so much irresponsibility with marketing. And like to Dom's point, um, everybody, you know, organic has lost, has lost all value and all meaning. Um, regenerative is on the way to losing value and meaning. Um, the, the creatives at agencies um, supported by brands that needed clever marketing uh, angles and campaigns to get velocity behind products that really was just more trash in the world mm-hmm. um, but has been really irresponsible and um it it comes down to it comes down to finding a company that you can trust and rose mm-hmm. um you know we have these meetings every week where uh we talk internally and um I'm sort of influenced by some some other creatives around the world um who who work in design and work in marketing where we're trying to strip away the marketing, we're trying to strip away the noise, um, only release very uh, focused products with intention and speak speak about the product without any marketing angles in the most clear way we can. And it's all in an effort um, to create a line and to create um, a, a lifestyle of a product where um, customers come to us and they know if it's something that falls in, in our product line um, that uh, all of our all of our values are represented in that product, and if they if they trust Rose, they they trust any any product in our line, and um, you know we've we've been able we're trying to do more and talk less. Um, we've been able to be, get inspired by uh, chefs like Dominique and and other groups around the world. All these all these back to landers who are like you know we started this off talking about sickness like sickness is from stress sickness is from a disconnect from nature um, and it should you know anybody who has uh, a, a voice right now and can and can speak publicly um, should should make it their responsibility um, to to create a business that's responsible for itself that isn't isn't contributing to a problem that's gotten out of hand is working towards a solution collectively. And a lot of our effort right now that we haven't really started talking about yet is um, similar to Dominique and Atelier Kren. We, uh, we created a farm, a 10 acre agriculture property where um, we are uh, going to cultivate all of our cannabis for California and a lot of our produce. Um, And, you know, you start looking at this through a business, a business lens and you're like, oh, wait, okay, so how many, how much of this product should we produce for California? And then you get the influence of investors are like, hang on, let's talk infinite scalability. How do we get this everywhere in the country and take advantage? And you're like, well, that would be cool because we're creating like a quality product that we want to share that experience with everyone around the nation. 
um, but we don't want to make more trash. Um, we don't want to grow faster, faster than is natural. Mm -hmm. And so like, let's, let's attempt, let's attempt to create a model in California that can be replicated everywhere in the, in the country, in the world. Mm -hmm. um, but let's do it responsibly. So let's look at California and figure out how much produce, how much cannabis, how much packaging we'll need to create to, to get this in the hands of as many people as we can in California. And, and design a model that can be mirrored in other regulated territories. Um, and so it's really been a process of just taking, taking responsibility, opening our eyes, understanding our footprint and how we can uh, minimize that. And really not for the sake of, of, of marketing um, because, hey, this is, this is gonna be a relevant sales angle for the consumer of five years from now. Um, but I don't know. I don't know why it became an obsession, but it's really, it's really what we look at every facet of our business. It's like, how do we source our sugar from the place that makes the most sense for us? Who is our fruit coming from? How much are they paying their, their employees who are picking that fruit? Um, how are we going to go out to our 10 acre property out in Nevada city and we generate this dead, like desert soil that's, that all the neighbors say is unusable. And, um, it's created a consumer package good, um, that, that for us has uh, enabled us to explore a new lifestyle and a lifestyle that we're intrigued by and finding, finding to be meaningful and that we want to share with other people. And so I think um, on behalf of all the team, I think Rose and, uh, and our partnerships with our partnership with Dominique Crenn and her friends um, has really been fruitful in that way um, that it's, it's, it's opened our eyes and we're hoping, we're hoping this spreads this, this, can turn into a lifestyle and, and be shared and replicated by other people in the space and and just consumers with their um, you know with their with their choices. Mm -hmm. I I I applaud you for that because we have seen with legalization in particular a lot of people who've been jumping in and looking at it as a get rich quick scheme and having products yeah. that have very little substance. Right. Um, and. The, I, I have to say, like, so I remember, Nathan, when I was introduced to you and you had a product and I get so many products thrown at me. So I'm a little jaded, <laughs> to say the least. And when you brought it to me and I opened it up and I tried it, I was I was blown away because all of the care that comes into your product, you feel it's very well done. Um, the effects are wonderful. The fact that you use local produce to do it was really something that made me, you know, take notice. Um, and even just like the format and the fact that it's vegan, because we don't have a lot of products for vegans on the market that taste good. And that's it's it's funny because there are other um, there are cancer re or cancer uh, cannabis researchers and proponents of medical cannabis that say that, you know, we should just be doing things in capsules and it should stay, you know, in this medical format. But I really believe that life is too short and you should be able to enjoy what we put in our bodies. Um, and also I have a, I, I, I pause when I think about uh, big pharma getting involved with cannabis because when we're looking at isolating cannabinoids and giving them to people that having no thought to what the full plant does and the fact that it's hubris to think that we actually can disseminate all the different parts of the plant and say, this is good, this does nothing, this isn't good, because it's, it's come together. Like you were saying, Dominique, you know, that we have this very old relationship with cannabis being used medicinally. 
the plant has evolved in a way to be able to serve people, the way through natural selection and the way that mm-hmm. we use it. And I just really, I, 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 it's, I've, told, I've talked to people in the cannabis industry about your product, and it's funny because most of us who get lots of different products don't go to dispensaries very often to, to pick up things. And everybody that I've talked to says that they go out of their way to go to the dispensaries where your product is carried to pick it up because it is that good. And it's this jaded group of us <laughs> that's like, you know, this is something completely different. And this is what we should be looking at is models for the future for for the, the products that we're looking at because there's over-packaging, there's over-marketing, there's a lot of pay-to-play talking heads that really don't know what they're talking about. You know, it could be a marketing person that came from another another area and they just have a bunch of keywords that they kind of spit out. And I just we right. really need to have more thoughtful conversations about it, which is why I was, I was so excited to have both of you on here today. Um, and how did you decide to go with the Turkish Delight model? Because that's, you know, I remember that from like C.S. Lewis books. <laughs> yeah. more- um, I, I don't know. I'm still a 12 year old and I like gummies and, um, a <laughs> recipe like this is uh, the blank canvas. You can do anything with it. Yeah. Um, and you know, uh, what we're doing, we, what we're doing is not rocket science. We just attempted to clear up the products. Um, we, we saw what was out in the market and we just started stripping away what was unnecessary, what, what you could do without, um, you know, uh, we're using whole food ingredients. We're using regenerative produce that's local to our facility. Um, uh, but at the end of the day, this is a candy and it's a, it's designed for pleasure. Um, and you know, if you want to talk science and medicine, that's what we have to offer is pleasure. That's the medicine that we have to give. Um, and if the, the whole thing is to, um, control, control stress and reconnect with nature, we went with flower rosin because like, who are we to interfere with nature and break down the chemical compounds of the plant to think we have some clever way of isolating or manipulating those compounds. We want you to have all the compounds that grew in nature and for your body to be able to experience that. Um, humans and plants have evolved together for millennia. Let's, everything is going fine. We don't need to interfere there. And you have um, hundreds of millions of dollars going into research to figure out the exact cannabinoid um, uh, profiles that should be paired for this, that, and this. And, um, I have some friends that are involved in that. And every time I hang out with them and we have dinner or having a glass of wine or whatever, they laugh because they're like, you know what, we're going to get to the end of our research. And I think we're going to find out that ultimately the plant was okay in its original form and didn't need to be manipulated. Yeah. Um, That's what what we go for. I, I remember when I was, um, I was going through treatment, I used to do my chemo from Wednesday through Friday and then I'd hop on a plane and I'd go see my mom. She was doing cancer research in Dallas. And at the time, I didn't want to travel with my cannabis. That's what got me eating again. It helped with my nausea. And I ended up getting a prescription for Marinol. And it was awful. It was, yeah. I, I lost my weekend with my mom. I was like, I, 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 was, I was the bitchiest thing on earth. <laughs> and my poor mother had to deal with me. But and it just it really proved that, you know, I understand the the logic behind, you know, people wanting to isolate or do synthetic um, cannabinoids uh, for the sake of patents and money. But that doesn't serve people. And that's that right. bothers me. Yeah, right. um, we work we work pretty closely with an endocannabinoid um, 
scientist on, on the East Coast on a couple of projects recently. Oh, fascinating. Um, she knows so she knows so much. She's so clever and she's she's like running so many interesting experiments and trials. But um, more and more she's attracted to Rosin and um, and you know, Rose Rose knows nothing uh, about the science behind it. We know we know um, whatever's provided to us from the certificates of analysis, which is very limited. You know, they're they're pulling out a dozen or so cannabinoids and terpenes or a couple dozen, but um, there's more, there's more to it than that. And, you know, we don't have the funding. We don't have the research team to figure out exactly what's in there. Um, we can only just base it off the experiences that we have with the products. And that's where this all started is we, we didn't want any edibles that were on the market in two, 2017. So we said, let's make something for our friends and that, that we as consumers would be attracted to. Um, and so, yeah, just keep it, keep it simple, keep it natural and keep it tasty. And then, uh, you know, try to create a, a responsible business. I think, I think that kind of cooks down what we're what we're after. Totally. What for both of you? What it, what excites you about about this project and and just like delving into cannabis in general, and, and we can even go into the future on it too. Like it, I'll, it's a general I'll dope. <laughs> I'll start. I mean, I ate at I ate at Atelier Cren for the first time six years ago. Um, and so, you know, Dominique, before we, we met through this, like was an icon of, of food around the world, but especially in San Francisco. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, you know, we would joke, uh, we would joke about attaching her to the project, um, this, this time last year. Um, and, uh, we're like, oh my God, you know, if, if that was ever to happen, that would be so, so exciting and fun. Um, we have our, our facility doesn't operate like a lab. It operates much like a kitchen. All of our staff comes from restaurants around the Bay Area. So in uh, in that uh, culture had been sort of stripped away from cannabis by all this venture capital money that came in in an attempt to like exploit an emerging market. Um, we thought like, hey, let's let's make uh, let's make an effort to to like create a culture um, where there where there isn't any um, or where there's very little at least like commercially available um, and so you know when I came back and I told Elizabeth on my staff or Joey um, uh, you know any any one of them or I, I took everybody through like a little slideshow of Dominique's work over the last few years um, everybody was so inspired and uh, and that's necessary to have a, have to run a project like this successfully. You need an inspired staff. And so what excites me is being able to work with talent like Dominique. Um, listen, Dominique's not in here cooking every day. Um, it sometimes is as little as just conversations between us where she'll throw out a couple ideas or I visit her and we have a conversation. I come back with some inspiration that I share with this staff. Um, but then you know, by way of Dominique, she connects us with her friend, Virgilio Martinez. He's doing a recipe. Everybody's blown away by his ideas. Our creative team gets to design a box that's uh, informed by in, informed by the recipe that he provides. And there's all this just like energy going around. So really, um, uh, Dominique, what excites me is the impact that Dominique has made on her team and how exciting it's, it's made it to um, execute this product. And how really like it gave us the validation that we needed to you know it's like 
you're you're in an echo chamber and this is like very thankless work like much of kitchen work uh, a lot of the time or food industry work and you need little little like points along the way that keep you inspired and working towards your vision and uh, Dominique was just a huge source of like push and inspiration uh, to continue doing that for me and the 20, 20 people on my team. And Dominique, how about you? What what excites you about this? Well, after what he said, I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's... no, I mean, what it, what it was excite me is that the. Um, uh, the, the um, the ability and and the gift to be able to work uh, with other than just my community, um, and what I've learned is the way that you uh, find um, great solution and 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 great fun and great love, but things that are meaningful in life is when you bring people together that perhaps sometime you don't think to bringing them together yeah. and you know as as a creative is been um just so inspiring to be able to uh, uh work with uh net and, and his team because it's also uh allow me to discover things that i didn't know and if we can do that in not just our industry but every other industry that would be i think the world would be a better world but um and 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 we we can start with with whatever you know this company has done you know it's it's really it's a model about how to run a company could be a cannabis company could be a clothing company could be because everything has a purpose and a meaning and everything they do impact also other community you know the communities you know okay so we're going to make clothing today and then well who is making your clothing? Where the cl where where is the material come from? Who is affected and who is not affected? You know, this is if if everyone you know will um, uh, treat everything like this with a purpose and um, uh, and understanding the consequences of everything. I think we can be a better world. I you know I talk about food and eating and buying is an act of activism. Hey. Mm -hmm. If you have a CBD company, it's an act also of activism. You need to do the right thing, you know, because it's it can affect with so many layers. You know, is in the restaurant there is so many layers. I'm not just cooking just for cooking. I'm making sure that everything has a purpose. But there's so much more than that. You know, it could, my people are affected. You know, even their family can be affected of my doing. And if I'm not doing something right, then you know, who I am to say that I'm, I'm doing something right. You know, it's like you have to look at everything. So that's what excited me to be able to partner with um, a different, you know, another community that perhaps years ago might not be a part of my community, but to rebuild and to do things better is I hope that people can look at us and, and be inspired and, and maybe do the same thing, you know? So that's what inspired me because you have to be curious in life to be able to go farther than we are. And, and I'm so thankful that um, I could include, you know, you know, the world of food is, and the world of, of, of CBD and cannabis, I think that goes together. You know, it's, oh, yeah. it's like the word, you know, the word of food and music also come together. So let's bring everybody 
together, but let's also be very careful about the player out there, you mm -hmm. know, um, and not being uh, afraid of calling people out when they, they, they're doing things that are not good. You know, I mean, I try some product and I'm like, what the hell, you know? <laughs> Right it's, right, it's right. And, you know, I always say that the, the, the one that I'm most calm and not loud are usually the one that's doing the right thing. When you start to be too loud of, and screaming, you know, of saying, hey, look at me, look at what I'm doing, is often not a good product. So I'm just saying that. So, but um, no, I, I'm, I agree I'm, with you. Completely. I'm very thankful. And, and I think we're going to. I'm just I'm just curious and 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 grateful and excited about what's what's to come, you know, in the next year or so. So I'm here. I'm I'm at the service, Nathan. <laughs> well, and, and uh, Dominique, I have a a question for you. That's it's it's more culinary. The the flavor notes of cannabis. What do you what do you feel like it pairs well with? Well, I mean, I, you know, flavor, the way that I look at flavor, I look at, at, at uh, the flavor of life. You know, you need to bring all the layering of, of life into something that you test in food. So it's kind of the same thing, you know. Um, have you tested uh, uh, the cannabis plant? Yeah. What was the first reaction that you had when you tested? Um, I, I, I felt like it was a, a little bit... It was it was very herbal, and for, and for yeah. me, I enjoy the flavor, and I like it paired with things like dark chocolate. Mm -hmm. So once again, you know, you felt very herbal. So what do you want to do? To it's like a, have a good wine. You know, you want to bring something that might balance. You know, maybe some acidity, some some touch of sweetness, or maybe some saltiness. Was, you know, it's like you need to do this. You know, so. Um, that's the way that I looked at when you pair things, you know, and, um, uh, I think the first recipe kind of work out. So that's, that's great, you know, and that's the same thing that we do here. You know, when I cook, when we cook food is, it's all the layering of flavors, you know, it's like, you know, you walk, you know, I remember you, when I was walking in the forest with my dad and we were doing those walk. And, um, and what he taught me, and he said, Dom and my, my stronger stuff is my brother, you get, when you walk through the forest, you get a smell, you get a feel, you get a hear, you get a, you get a feel the flavors of life. All those little layering of like sweetness and bitterness and, and it's very, very important, you know. So that's, that's how I look at it maybe pairing something with cannabis, you know? Yeah. And kind of riffing off of that, I think that, you know, when we were talking about health and just like all the stress and everything in the world that makes us sick. Um, one of the things when I, when I teach my classes, I always start with telling people that cannabis is an opportunity to ground and center in yourself instead of taking it right. haphazardly, like be mindful of how you feel before, after, during, because, this crazy world that we live in, we're rushing from moment to moment. It's like we have our social media, we have our, our phones, we have all of this lovely pollution. Um, and everything is very distracting and stressful. And that's, I think, the reason that we see more and more cases of cancer every year. Because in the time that I've been working in cannabis, people that I've known who have come to see me to purchase cannabis, who were using it for other, other issues... 
a lot of them through the years have come in and had cancer. They've come to me. And um, it's really about a lot. We, we're looking at all these ways to cure it and treat it, but we're not looking at why we're getting it to begin with. And a lot of it has to do not only right. with the environment, but it's, it's our lifestyles. It's our, right. the fact that we are not in touch with our bodies and centered and, and having that moment of, of calm or, or having the opportunity to like delve into something and, and be present with it. And I think, well, I mean, I, I think it's, it's interesting because you have to go back to the source, you know? Mm-hmm. And I remember when I, when I spoke to my, um, uh, um, doctor is about those treatment, those treatment allow you to take or to kill something away, but it doesn't allow you to understand uh, the core of what, uh, why cancer is coming up to you, you know, to come to the human. So I think the medicine needs to really understand and cannabis, you know, like that, that, that industry, you know, I think a lot of people understood for many centuries that you have to understand your body. Like, once again, I say we are energy, you know, so we create our own diseases. Mm-hmm. And um, so I wish that um, medicine would be different. It would be it, it go, go, go in instead of going from the outside, you know. And, um, you know, we have the power to change ourselves, you know. And, uh, yeah, the stress is definitely something very big, but it's, I think if we can, you know, I mean, Nathan company can, it can be one of those company can, uh, allow us to understand and to be more curious about this too. And this is so much more work to be done out there. And, um, I, I hope that, uh, people will understand that when it's going to be a legalization of this, it's not just hey, let's forget about it now, it's legal. It's like, hey, we have a lot of work to be done. And that was perhaps a reason why we legalized this. And let's, let's look at what the human body needs, you know, where that come from. And, and I don't know if the Western medicine would be okay with that because I, I want to be, you know, I think there is a lot of money to be made, you know, with all those, True. you know, I mean... Look at all those medication, you know, it's crazy. But it's interesting because the pandemic has, has really showing us that we are very weak in America and all over the world, but especially in America. And why? It's because we don't take care of a body. Yeah. Yeah. No, so. it's, it's true. I think with medical, it will depend on the practices because I know like um, I do I do trainings at UCSF and Kaiser and I work with individual physicians with their their patients um, I work with a, a pain management doctor who is you know working to help his patients get off of pain medications and things like Valium and Xanax and there are some doctors that really can think outside of their indoctrination but then we have some that really just play it by the book and I think that that's also another reason that we're having a lot of young people right. with advanced cancers because they're like, oh, you don't fit the profile, so I'm not even going to look at it. And there has to be, I, I, I think you're right with cannabis being able to be done right can be a model for a lot of other things in the world. And one of those things that I think we're seriously lacking, which I think is one of our weaknesses, um, is critical thought. 
I mean, I went to UCSF and I, and I would love, um, I mean, I think Nathan and I talk about it, but that would be amazing if UCSF and what Nathan is doing could really, I hope they could be curious. And I'm not mm -hmm. sure if you're talking to them, Nathan, but uh -huh. I think that would be so amazing. Yeah. Because, you know. It's so funny. It's such a it's such a difficult uh, difficult system to penetrate, right? But I went into the cancer resource center one time, um, and I explained them what I what I do and and how we'd love to like allocate some some product for any any number of their patients that would be like curious to try. Mm -hmm. And there's just they can't they can't figure out a way to implement that into their into their workflow. And that, that's the problem, you know, is like um, patients, patients are numbers and like treatments are just sort of blanket treatments and nothing is too specified. Um, it's, you know, you know, cancer, uh, cancer treatments attack rapidly dividing cells. It's like pretty much designed to get you as close to death as, as it possibly can, hoping oh, yeah. that the healthy cells like rebuild and the cancer doesn't come back. And so it's really kind of medieval, a medieval approach. And, you know, when I, I, I got treatment um, 13 years ago, I was 27 years old uh, or 28. And, um, I, you know, I'd listen to NPR stories, this and that. And I'm like, oh, it's gotten more advanced. It's more specific. It, it like, mm -hmm. you know, um, it, it, it attacks like very specific areas. It's localized. It's not just like this. And then I, I talked to some people who are going through treatment right now and they're receiving the same chemo. Uh, right the same chemo that I received 13 yeah. years ago. And so I'm totally. like, I think it moves so slow. I think UCSF and, and all cancer treatment, UCSF is a, is a cutting edge, like um, edu education right. uh, a hospital or whatever. Um, right. uh, Amazing hospital. Amazing. Totally. Yeah. 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 They're doing great work, but, but it's just like, it, I'm like, the treatments are, are moving through the system and becoming available to patients so slow, it seems. Um, Maybe maybe I'm talking to the wrong patients these days, but I'm wondering I'm wondering when all these advancements in cancer treatment are going to surface, and when I'm going to talk to someone who's like, "Hey, um, I had I had liver, and there was this treatment that just like you know like went right. went exactly to where the, the the area of the cancer and treated it there," but still, it sounds like they're pretty much wiping out patients and bringing them as close to death as possible, and then allowing them to rebuild after the treatment. Yes. Well, I mean, I, I, th I think you're right on this because I had a triple negative and literally um, what I've learned is it was not really any treatment for it. So they had to give me the protocol that they've been doing and it's a harsh protocol. It's 16 different chemo and you lose everything, literally. But this is the only thing that work. We're going to give you things that has been giving to patients for years because we don't know. The, the right treatment for this, but it seems that this one kind of work. But it's is um, you know I, I I look at this is 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 you know as human you know like as 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 kid, every kid is different. If you put them in a in a in a setting of a school, you know you have one way of educating this those kids. But in that class, I'm telling you. Some kids don't don't react properly to that education because they might be, you know, I mean, I was ADD. I didn't, you know, it's like, and we have to understand how people work uniquely. You know, if we do this, then we will be, 
we would be finding new things, you know. So it's it's kind of like this idea in 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 a in a world where one thing's work, we're gonna give that to everyone. No, it's not gonna work for everyone. It's like the same thing with food. Your metabolisms and your metabolism is probably different than mine. And we have to learn about what is good for us and what is not good for us. So it's the same thing with medicine, you know. But I think, you know, uh, you know, talking to my doctor, they're trying to, to, to try to find things. But I don't know. I think they need something else needs to happen. And maybe perhaps if they're looking at, at something more natural and to maybe integrate this in, in, into their everyday protocol, maybe something could happen there. I'm not sure. I'm not a doctor, but I feel that this is something that it could be interesting to look at, you know. So I, I, I agree with you. I think that there needs to be more than the traditional protocols. There needs to be more of a, yeah. a full circle um, because it's not just that. And, and even to go to the opposite side, when I work with people who are like, well, you know, I'm going to use cannabis therapy, like they'll call it like, you know, cannabis cure for cancer. And I always am quick to correct people that, you know, research has shown that cannabinoids can create natural cell death and they don't go after all the other rapidly dividing cells. So we don't get all the issues that we do when we go through chemo, but it's not a cure, just like chemo, just like radiation it's a it's a treatment it's it's an it's an option and and just the way that a lot of people are are told how to do it there's a lot of folk medicine around it and we really need to tighten that up and luckily we have some really great researchers out there that are starting to delve into protocols for certain types of cancers with using cannabinoid therapies but i always think that it takes much more than that just like cannabis by itself is wonderful it does a lot, but the synergy that it even has with like other herbs is amazing. Just and if we could get mm-hmm. more into those deeper conversations and how mm-hmm. people are so different, because like mm-hmm. years after I, I finished chemo and I, I still have neuropathy in my hands and feet nine years out, I, I asked my mom, I said, you know, as a cancer researcher and then as a mother, was it was it easy? How did it feel to know that I was taking the protocols that you did the clinical trials on? Did that give you some peace of mind knowing what was going on? And she was like, no, I was terrified because I knew everything that could go wrong. That, you know, and my oncologist, every time I'd go to him, I'd bring up something. So I heard that this could happen. And he's like, who told you that? And I was like, my mother, the clinical researcher. And he's like, oh, well, you know, it's not, it, you know, that doesn't happen to a lot of people. My mother would be like, well, actually, yeah, it did. Like a lot of people did go temporarily blind using full Fox five. So, mm-hmm. you know, he shouldn't be telling you that, but they don't, they don't give us the full picture. And, yeah. and they really need to like, I really appreciate and applaud the physicians that do look at both the natural and allopathic approach to cancer. And when I do my trainings with, uh, I do with palliative care at UCSF, I work with doctors, nurses, and then also the pharmacology students. And they always right. want to have like, what ratio at what volume would you give for this person? And it's like, we're walking chemistry experiments. Like you said, right. we are all so different. And if we could right. really get that together and, and, and have more critical thought with our medical professionals and training, I think we'd come a lot, lo- a, a lot longer way. And even how we 
you know, when we talk about purity of food, like when I was going through my treatment, a friend of mine was getting her PhD in nutrition at Davis. And she called me and she was like, Sarah, there's a reason that you ended up with colon cancer at age 37 instead of in your 60s. And you're not going to be happy with what I'm going to tell you. And what she told me was that because there are, you know, we had in areas with their food deserts, there were lots of birth defects. And the reason was lack, lack of folic acid. So enriching wheat products with folic acid because breads, pastas, things like that are what people often turn to to fill their stomachs when they don't have a lot of money to eat. Um, they, they, they enriched those with folic acid. It was very successful. Mm-hmm. But for those of us with predispositions for cancers, it, nice. it, it helps tumor growth. So, mm-hmm. you know, colon cancer runs in my family. My great-grandmother died from it. But I shouldn't have actually been starting to screen for it until I was, you know, my 40s. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. why aren't we having more conversations about the fact that, you know, they wanted to put more folic acid in food, but they decided not to because of these side effects. But they're mm-hmm. not telling anybody. Right. I, I, I think transparency is is the key of for for everyone to be able to move forward and to get a better things out there. But, you know. Sometimes people have problems with transparency, and that's that's the sadness about what's going on right now. But right now, I think we have an incredible opportunity now, right after the pandemic, you know, and I mean, we're still in the pandemic, to to be transparent. That company needs to be transparent. Um, you know, this is a health issues. You know, we need to move through this world uh, and to take care of each other, not just to move to this world to make million and million of dollars and not care about the other because right. we destroying humanity you, you literally we are destroying ourselves you know and so transparency and so we everyone needs to uh, uh to ask for transparency i think and 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 when we start there then conversations start to happen and things need start to change you know so you know when you look at, uh, you know, Nathan, what I love about Nathan company is the transparency is there. And that's why I, w- I was very attracted to that, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, and I think that's important, you know. And the doctor also should, I mean, there are things that I didn't have no, uh, knowledge about it unless I was doing my research or ask other people. And I was like, what do you mean? You know, so um, I think if the world will be more transparent, that would be a better world. Yeah. Studying at home, you know. It's funny how cancer sort of opens your eyes and 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 gives you this scare in regards to food, and all of a sudden you're like, oh whoa, the, the majority of food I've been exposed to, depending on where you grew up and when you grew up, was was poison. And you're like, wait, why would they? Why would um, these uh, industrial food companies be selling people poisons? And then you start to learn a little bit about the politics and economics of industrial food right. companies and the government regulating the FDA. And you're like, oh, whoa, there is so much work to be done. So the the, the closest you can come to a, to a um, solution for right now is taking more responsibility for your own food, um, your own consumption, production and consumption, um, and or uh, um, start to start to support small companies who who you have good reason to trust. Right. Um, and that's why, you know, when, yeah, when you're making food, uh, ultimately you're playing with people's health. And, and we've come to understand that, um, unfortunately, through cancer. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, it's a big responsibility to make to make food, supplements, herbs, put any right. of that out commercially. 
Um, and so it's nice that there are, are, are people like us in the world who have had these experiences. Um, you know, uh, at least at least we have this takeaway where we're able to take our experience and put it towards towards something um, that that we believe in and that we want to share with other people and start to come up with just more more honesty and less less. Uh, yeah um yeah less, less unhealthy distractions less uh less like decoys and you know yeah. stop stop telling people what's not stop telling people what's not true and just give them what is yeah i i i found that you know one one of the things that i talk a lot about is just education empowering people to make good decisions for themselves and when we have right. savvy consumers they 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 vote with their pocketbook right so they buy the things that they believe in. And one of the things that I found has been really interesting with legalization, too, is yeah, I call it Stoner Civics 101 because people will be like, oh, legalization is passed. I can go into a dispensary. It's like, well, no, now we have to put together the framework of what this is going to look like. And right. if you don't like the prices and you don't like how things are going, it's time to let our lawmakers know that we pay taxes we are in the world being productive, we use cannabis, and we vote. And this is how we're going to change the way this all looks and how we can raise standards right. and how we can, you know, get governments to understand where they need to be involved mm -hmm. and where they don't. And Right. Maybe change the people that, that leading the country sometime. Yeah. <laughs> or leading the federal, you know, it's like, we have to uh, understand that the people that we're putting in office understand uh, the importance of this. Yes. You know, so there is something needs to change. And I think it's changing right now. And I think this is great. I think uh, you get like, I, I talk to a lot of youngsters very much involved in this. And, 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 and the bottom line is, is, we elect people because we want them to understand and have their the, the country back or the community back. But we can't, you know, we have to change the way that I think we've been doing the, this. So conversation needs to happen, local, federal, national level, all the time, you know. And I think that would be very important. Guys, I'm going to have to run. Okay. Um, Okay, so sorry about no, this. No, thank you um, so much. We actually we're we're just about to wrap up, so we'll just we'll we'll have a thank you so much, Chef Cren, for no, being thank here. You. I can it's wait to pleasure. see you uh, this afternoon, Nathan. You coming over? Yeah, I'll swing by. And and I hope to meet you one day. You know, oh, I hope so, to meet you as well. And thank you so much for um, um, having me on the show. And once again, thank you so much, Nathan, to um, uh, allow me to be a part of, of this journey with you because it's it's been just lovely and, 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 and so uh, uplifting and inspiring. Thank you so much. Thank you. Au revoir. You. I like we say in French, au revoir. Au revoir. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs> So Nathan, let's let's talk about your collaboration and what the flavors are. Like, what? what tell me about the product. Um, what What are you What are you two doing as far as flavors and and all that? Yeah. So um, when it started, um, when it started, it was like, Hey, Dominique, let's work together. How are we going to work together? Let's Let's make recipes for you and your friends. Let's Let's like have the ideas start with you guys, and then we'll. Um, experiment and work through them in in our kitchen and um, you taste and you 
um, suggest tweaks and we, you get it to the point that it's, that it's pleasing to your palate and then that's it. We make it available in limited quantities, seasonal runs. So the idea was for uh, Dominique and her friends to represent uh, different fruit seasons throughout the year. Um, so when Dominique came on, it was, uh, or when we started cooking her recipe, which was Jonathan Apple from Nana May Orchards in um, Sebastopol and uh, Frederick Passion Fruit from Rincon Tropics in Carpinteria. Um, it was August, I think. Um, and so August, September. And so um, uh, we bring in those apples. We get this medieval looking press that we rent from a brew shop in the East Bay for oh, three cool. days. We're, we're pressing apples. Um, we're scooping out passion fruit and pureeing it. Um, and uh, every time we get inspired by produce that's available through one of our, uh, one of our handful of farms around the state, produce farms, um, we bring in that fruit and then we say, hey, Dominique, we just got this beautiful, this beautiful Shinano Smile grapes that we're going to juice from uh, Magical Grapes in Ventura, a, a husband, wife, um, a grape farm down there. Um, who should we propose it to? And she'll be like, let's see, let's see if Virgilio wants to do it. So we reach out to Virgilio Martinez of Central in, in Lima, Peru. Mm. And... Um, we say, hey, uh, Virgilio, Dominique thought of you for this recipe. We had this grape juice. What would you do with it? And he's like, let's let's muddle some ginger and crush some pink, uh, pink peppercorn and do a cold steep in the juice um, just for an hour, not to take away from any of the like juicy qualities of the juice with too much too much like pepper or bite. Um, and then all of a sudden we have this magical grape recipe with the Shinano Smile grape juice that's very, very... Um, rare and it's these Japanese grape varieties that they bring over and um, then you have Enrique Olvera here that we're working with Dominique he tries our products at a party this is the chef of Puyol in Mexico City and um, his team reaches out like hey let's do a recipe together like, okay what do you got <laughs> he's like let's mezcal let's mezcal poach some pears um, and then we'll make you an anzo chili powder in the Puyol kitchen that we'll send up and you guys can dust uh, instead of your powdered sugar, tapioca flour coating, let's do an anzo, anzo chili powder around the mezcal poached pear. And we're like, great. And, you know, just running through these recipes, you can understand why our staff gets so excited. All of a sudden, we're bringing in 300 pounds of pears um, from a, a pear orchard. Um, we're going back and forth in DM with uh, Enrique Olvera about this recipe. We're tasting, tweaking, sending to him. His team is loving it. They're photographing the process of making this ancho chili powder. And so it's really lively and entertaining for us, like each step of the process. Anytime uh, Blossom Bluff Orchards pulls up with their box truck in front of the facility and they're dropping off hundreds of pounds of September bright uh, uh, nectarine, which was another Rogelio recipe, was uh, juniper berry infused nectarine. Our staff gets excited because they're eating fresh fruit for that day. They're bringing it home to their family. They're processing it. We put it in our freezer tool ready to cook the recipe. Um, and it, 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 makes it, it makes each week feel like new and fresh. And we're not just like cranking out the same products over and over again. This thing is living and growing and changing and everyone on our team and connected to our team through Dominique is learning along the way. Um, and this is like a conversation starter for everyone in the world who's uh, aware or following these chefs. 
So, you know, you asked Dominique what she's excited about, and she probably just didn't occur to her at that time. But if she knew, um, just by way of her working with Rose Delights, how many new people are being invited into the cannabis space and having uh, having new opportunities to experiment and see um, see how it could be of use to them, how cannabis could be of use to them. <clears throat> I think she'd be pretty pretty like happy to realize that she's like opening up so many doors. And um, just because of the trust in her name and her her ideas, her, her creativity in cooking, um, she's she's stripping away like the fear and all those barriers and stigmas. So um, I think uh, I think she's pretty excited. She would be pretty excited about that. But yeah, that's sort of how we work. It was like um, come up with a calendar of chefs that's going to span the, the course of the year. Let's let's address them seasons. We're not that organized. So usually we get we get fruit and we're like, hey, nectarine, who's on it? Um, and then these recipes start pouring in. And before the year is over, we'll have visit uh, visited Brazil, Peru, Mexico, Slovenia, the Dolomites um, with all with all these chefs that are in Dominique's network. And uh, and that that alone, we we're we're we feel we're very satisfied with with what we've done. The fact that we the fact that we get to work and brush up against these these names and their thinking and um, the creativity that they bring to the culinary world and infuse that with cannabis. Um, yeah, we don't, there's beyond that. There's not that much we're striving towards. We just want to continue doing that and um, repeat the simple process again and again because we find it very entertaining. What a what a rich rich experience and i just you know your your business model is is just so fascinating i what do you, if somebody told you 10 years ago that you would be in the space doing this with these all these amazing creative people and your amazing creative collaborative staff what would you think um i mean if someone would have told me 10 months ago uh, i this was this was a dream that only shaped up in the last 24 months and um, we had no idea that it was going to be this satisfying and um, this entertaining and you know when we came in to creating a consumer package good from 215 cannabis era um, we saw the opportunity as an emerging market an opportunity to make money um, Yes, we wanted to put out a product that was that was wholesome, natural, and um, gave people a cannabis experience we believed everyone deserved. Um, but uh, we had dollar signs in our eyes. Like uh, I, I think it was impossible. It was impossible not to. And now um, the culture that 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 we've um, how to say this. Um, the, the culture that we built with the help of, of all the chefs that we're working with um, and really just like the, our team, like it's, it, you know, every single person I'm in the facility right now, everyone on the floor that comes in here and works every day, it's, they are a big uh, contributor to this culture that we've created. But um, all of this has proven, you know, uh, 24 months later, you learn there's no money to be made in cannabis. <laughs> that's, what, that's what all, all brands have learned right now um it's all speculative and um we're like great well you know ultimately um uh making the product 
is the most is the most important piece of it all because after all that's the part that you're living and um, the experience that we get to have working with these people working with these farmers their produce these chefs their ideas has uh, proven to us to be so much more valuable um, than the the dollar signs that brought us into this and um, you know we always said like we want to we want to we want to create a culture in this. We want there to be a cannabis edible culture that doesn't exist right now. Um, we've, we've just scratched the surface. There's going to be so many people coming in uh, doing the same thing and we're excited for, for them to show up into the space. Um, uh, yeah, uh, it's been it's been a, a wild ride and we're gonna continue to do it. The fact that we get to um, be copycats and copy um, uh, Noma's model, Atelier Krenz's model, uh, Uyol's model, and bring it all back to the land. Um, you know, the all these consumer packaged goods that are in shelves at retailers all across the state are so disconnected in every way that they present themselves from the land. For the most part, um, there are there are some some um, all stars in there, but um, for the for the most part, it gives you no sense of of nature and like your connection to that. Um, they wanted to cheat and make something look like it's been on retail shelves forever and, and you know, uh, strip away like all of the, the, the taboo around cannabis and and invite more people into retail shops to purchase. And that's that's great, but they, uh, they eliminated, um, they eliminated any, any sense of it being a, uh, a natural product. Um, now it's just starting to feel very manufactured, very industrial already. And um, it's it's amazing to be like, hey, we want to be responsible for every ingredient uh, that goes into this thing. Let's let's bring it all back to the land and really create a culture from from farm to retail shelf um, that is made up of nothing more than the natural ingredients and ideas that go into it. And um, that's been that's been extremely exciting and engaging and, and compelling for us. Yeah, that's, I think, something that we have to be really careful to to preserve because people are becoming disconnected to the fact that it's a plant. And I think that the work that you're doing is amazing because it reminds people what's going on. It helps them reconnect with themselves. It helps them be more mindful about you know what they sh expectations for their products and um and i just really want to thank you for being there because that's it's we we had in the 215 days we had a lot more products with heart and there are still some sure. um you know like cosmic view shout out to them they connected me to you and it was like if if they're going to tell me that you know you're someone i should talk to i'm going to listen to them because of the quality and heart that they have with their processes and products sure. and i feel like a lot of us tend to uh, be drawn to one another because of our our values around this so i i just you know i i want to thank you for being on the show today and also can you let our listeners know how to um, follow you on social media and get more information if they're interested? Yeah, on social media, you can find us at Rose underscore Los Angeles. Um, that's on Instagram. And um, to try or send some of our uh, uh, CBD flower rosin infused delights, those can be purchased um, uh, directly at cbdrosedelights.com. 
And um, starting next month, uh, we can be found on all uh, apothecarium shelves in all five stores. Yay! I'm so excited. We are so excited. I, I, um, I've been hyping you up for months, and so our, our staff is, has been really anxious to have you on the show. So we're, we're thrilled. We're thrilled yeah, to have you. We are too, yeah. Um, for anybody who's listening, I just want to put it out there. So this is Nathan Cosolino from Rose Delights, and we had Chef Dominique Crenn. Thank you so much for being on today. This was an amazing conversation, and I, I hope that we're able to have more conversations on Planted about more exciting things that you're doing. Um, for those of you who want to follow Planted on social media, on um, Instagram and Facebook, we are Planted with Sarah. Um, you can also follow me, Sarah Pion, uh, www.sarahpion.com, www.plantedwithsarah.com. And if you want to follow me on um, IG, I am Sarah M. Pion. So thank you, everybody, for listening today. Uh, tune in for next month's episode 20. Um, note that we are going two times a month now. Lots of exciting programming for the new year. Um, and if we don't talk before the holidays, stay safe. It's a crazy world. Be good to one another. And remember, it's up to you to be a good consumer, educate yourself, and vote with your pocketbook and get civically involved. Thank you, everybody. Have a wonderful December. Take care.